to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. Today I'm going to talk about our bedtime routine and why it was so important for us to establish a bedtime routine with our cutie from the very beginning of our transition to Boots and Bar. I do think that it was a key portion of her knowing what was going on with the boots and bar and making the association between sleeping and wearing her boots. I don't, um, obviously I don't know that for sure. It's my guess and I think that establishing a good routine up front, even when she was little and I, you know, we don't know what they're actually internalizing at that point, it helped set us up for success long term with her. So I'm just going to go through kind of what we did to create a consistent bedtime for her from the very start of 23 hour wear. So one of the things you need to know about our family, uh, we're early bedtime believers. We always have been with all three girls. It wasn't just our cutie. With our older girls, it was, we were the longest stretch of awake time we would do before bedtime. So I would keep them awake from, you know, 4 to 4.30, depending on their age, and keep them up until bedtime. So when they're really little, that means, you know, an hour before bed. When it's later, it's two hours. So it made the witching hour a little bit tumultuous, but it set us up for a clear early bedtime. So that was our preference. So when you hear me talk about when we go to bed and the routine that we've set up, it's, I think, helpful to just know that backstory, that we were early bedtime people, and honestly, we still are. Like, our cutie is four, and she goes to bed at 5.30 to 6 when she does not take a nap um, because she uh, literally can't hang. She can't manage anything after a certain point. So when she doesn't nap, she is going to bed early now. So it's a consistent thing that we've done across the board. So when we transitioned to Boots and Bar, even in 23-hour wear, we always left part of her free time of the boots. So that one hour of free time, we always left at least 20 minutes before bed. So that would mean 20 minutes of bedtime um, or free time before we went to start the bedtime routine, whether that was downstairs while we were eating dinner or whether it was taking a bath, but it was free out of boots time because I wanted to make an association that there was some time out of the boots before we started the actual bedtime routine. I don't know if I did this consciously. I just for some reason thought this would be the most effective way to kind of start to establish a routine. So on bath nights, we would usually bank about 40 minutes for bath and free time. So we would do some free time downstairs and then head upstairs for bath, and then we'd do bedtime. Um, The bedtime routine always happened in the same place. So for us, when we started, she was still in our bedroom with us sleeping in the um, pack and play next to us. So we would do that in our bedroom on our bed and it that became the spot until she was a year old even when we transitioned her into her own room we still did the bedtime routine in our room and i think that's just because that's where we set it up i don't 
I think that was the routine that we had had. We liked to be on the bed to do the stretching in the boots as opposed to the floor because the floor just wasn't as comfortable for anybody. So we chose that part as our bedtime routine. So it was every night the same place, okay? Uh, then we did it, everything kind of in the same order. We would do, uh, you know, the diaper change, jammies on, then we would do the stretching. So for us, the stretching was a little bit difficult and a challenge up front because we it took a while for our cutie to get used to it. So the stretching was um, tough at the beginning, but it we would use kind of one person would do the stretching on each foot. So if we were both home, we would do each take a foot and then just kind of knock it out to get it over with as fast as possible. Then our older girls would usually try to distract with some sort of toys or singing of some kind. Now, as she got older, this stretching became a one-person job while the other person would distract or we would be doing singing for the songs, like uh, for the stretches. So we do 40 counts of stretching, of dorsiflexion and then abduction. So a lot of the time we would sing like the ABCs because that was like a 40 count um, as opposed to counting all the time. And we'd sing uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or Itsy Bitsy Spider, something that once we got through the song, we knew we were about at the number that we got. So that we would do the stretching, then we would put the socks on, um, and then the boots and bar would go on. And she was always either in a swaddle or a sleep sack. So for a long time, she was in the Embay swaddle, so her feet were out in that. Um, pajamas for us were always a onesie with pants. Even to this day, uh, even though she likes the zippered up pants uh, or a zipper up onesie sort of jammies with the feet cut off, they're annoying because they're really hard to navigate with the boots and bar on. So we're still um, either a nightgown with pants or a shirt with pants or shorts, like something that's easy to pull down. Um, so we'd get the boots and bar on, we'd have some sort of swaddle or sleep sack, and then we'd head into whatever room or the feeding spot was because... Um, I breastfed her for a very long time. Well, I mean, 18 months. It felt like a long time. But so then we would head in for feeding and um, bouncing on the never-ending exercise ball after that. So it was uh, feeding, bouncing, and then eventually it would kind of transition to rocking and then put down to sleep. So that was kind of the routine that we followed for the first year of her life. Uh and it didn't really change too much. And honestly, now it doesn't really change. It hasn't changed that much other than she's older. And so she wants autonomy in a lot of things, right? They get older, they get into these toddler phases, and they want to be able to make their own decisions about what they can. So we try to give her as many choices as we can. We let her choose her own jammies every night, even though sometimes I swear she takes forever just to annoy me and to delay the process. Um, and then we usually do jammies first and then we'll do um, brush your teeth and then we'll come back, we'll do the stretching and we have chosen to let her watch some sort of video while we're doing the stretching and putting the boots on. And I'll talk about why we decided to do that in another episode about why we've, um, how we've tried to keep our cutie from messing with her boots or trying to remove them. Um, 
So we do the stretching, we do the socks, then we put the boots and bar on, then we put her in a sleep sack. She's still in a sleep sack now. Uh, once she started to mess with the zipper, we decided to turn it around so that it's uh, on backwards and we're zipping up from the back just so that she doesn't have as easy access to her boots. And then for us, that means getting into bed. We usually read about three books. Two of them are always the same book and one of them changes nightly. And then we uh, turn off the lights, turn on whatever else she has, which is like her alarm clock and her um, sound machine, her fan, that sort of thing. And then we sing songs and then it's bedtime. So I think establishing that bedtime up front helped, at least in my mind, create a very consistent bedtime. And as she got older, we started to realize that this association for her was whenever she was sleeping, she had her boots and bar on. And I can't help but think that that at least helped with her overall mentality and knowledge of the fact that she just didn't know anything different, that sleeping meant boots and bar. Now that she's getting older, there are some times where she does... Um, you know, say like, when do I get to sleep with my feet? Which I think is so funny because I'm like, well, you still have feet. They're just in the booths. It's not as if you don't have feet. I think she's trying to say, when do I get to sleep with just my feet? Um, and at this point, I think we're going to stick with the boots and bar until five. And so we kind of tell her that. Uh, there have been a couple nights recently where um, she spiked a really high fever due to whatever you know, sickness she picked up. And there have been a couple nights where we ended up having to keep the boots off because of just how high her fever got. And I just knew like as a mom, she just needed a minute from it and putting boots and a coat on top of it just were not, um, was just not the best thing for her in that moment. So while we did make that decision, there was some talk with her about like, well, when, why why did I get to wear my not wear my boots then and why do I have to wear them now? So that was a conversation that we were prepared for and that we knew, but we just jumped right back into it as soon as we knew that she was comfortable. So that was really only a couple of nights really within the four and some change years we've been um, bracing. So I encourage you to find your own bedtime routine. I think it looks different for each family. Obviously, there's not like a one-size-fits-all cookie cutter um, situation for every person. And what I'm just trying to say is encourage you to maybe think about that uh, preemptively, right? So you think about when you transition into Boots and Bar, even though your baby doesn't know um, cognitively what's happening, you're setting up that routine for them and then it becomes routine. Um, later on. And I think that that has helped us. So whatever that looks like within your family and your um, routine and your bedtime, I think if you can start to just at least bring some awareness to that and go, okay, what kind of, what, what do we think would work for us? Like I said, we've been early bedtime people. So for us, it was, uh, we always had like a sort of time frame in mind too. And I think that helped. 
because especially with the schedule of the one hour free and the 23 hours, like we had a scheduled day of like, and if we knew it was a bath night, I'd go, okay, we're going to skip our midday 20 minutes free break and we're going to bank that time for bath time because our cutie loved bath. So I would try to save as much time for her for that because she really enjoyed being in the water, but some cuties may not. And if your cutie doesn't, then maybe you don't save a bunch of time for bath. And I think you just have to figure out with your child and with your family about what does that routine look like for you because as you can as you've heard like it really hasn't changed too much for us it's a really a similar routine as she's grown through the years and yeah it's we've had to make adjustments based on her development but she really knows like okay when it's bedtime this is what's going to happen and i can't say for sure but i do think it's helped us um not have so many fights or difficulty at bedtime. But I don't I don't really know. I mean my my cutie's pretty stubborn, so I think if she really if she really decided to fight me, she she could. And I think there are kids out there that do that too, but I do think um if you can start to have that routine for yourself and have very clear expectations for your cutie from the beginning, hopefully it'll help and it'll pay off. I um think that maybe it is for us. So hopefully something like that would help and be helpful for you guys too. So that's kind of what we did and encourage you guys just to figure out something that would work for you and your cutie. As always, thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, please share with somebody you think would benefit from it. And if you need to get in contact with me, you can always do so at my website at MaureenHoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.